1: Again, and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 241. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander.
0: And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer.
1: And the Whitecaps are back at it. They're back on the training field. The season is getting closer. The excitement is building <laughs> and the rain is coming down in a Vancouver way, making this an even wetter pre-season than last year, which I do not think was possible. Yeah, it's not fun. No, but of course, I mean, I, I was at training on, on Saturday. You were uh, as well, Zach. I was down pitch side getting soaked, but... You were up getting prawn sandwiches and <laughs> no, no, tea and no, coffee no, getting brought to you. No
0: prawn sandwiches.
1: Mm. No, uh,
0: it's th- called breaking bread. Oh. There was, uh, maybe there might have been coffee, tea, and hot chocolate, but yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I, I, I was down close to the action. Just, just you hobnob. Hey, it's all about who you know. Well you know Mister Whitecaps, I, I know uh, you're in the club's pocket. That's that, <laughs> that's basically what what you're saying. <laughs> Curva is in the club's pocket. You heard it here first. But we're, we're gonna talk a lot about pre-season this week, but we have a packed show. So, part one, we'll look at the week's White Cap and MLS news. But in parts two and four, we're going to bring you our fifth annual lengthy sit-down chat with the man himself, Robbo. Finally caught up to him. Yep. He, he did explain, though, that the, the reason that we haven't haven't done it before now is he didn't want to do it by telephone. Because when we did it in, yeah. in Wales that year, it wasn't fantastic. He kept getting cut off. But it was enjoyable for us. Yes. But he, he, he likes to do these things face-to-face. We've got that coming up in parts two and four. We're also going to speak to David Edgar, Canadian internationalist, who's in a very strange part of his career. He's playing for a contract, which is not something that, he, that he's used to after a guy that's had such a long career. In but the not game. really his
2: fault either, because it's no. just because yeah. of coming off injury. Yeah.
1: super And a super unfortunate injury. And for all the trivia fans out there, we have the third and final part of the trivia challenge. And I'm going to spice it up this this week. It's, I've it, got something a little be, bit different. Just to let you know, it won't be the final part. I have a wild
2: card week. Sweet. So just to let you know. Oh,
1: interestingly, you've got a wild card week because I'm I'm bringing <laughs> jokers into it. Tonight. Yeah, it is jokers. But let's. You'll have to explain it to me because you never
0: told me anything about it. <laughs> wait, I'll, this is his game. What are yeah, you doing? <laughs> <it's> flash five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be Bullseye again, but I thought no. Wait, the, the marks we left in the studio from the darts the last time uh, it didn't go down very well. So let's kick things off though by, by looking at the, the week's White Caps news. And it's been a kind of quietish week. It's not there's not been tons of things happening apart from the guys getting back into action. So they, they've trained really hard this week, all six days. Well, they arrived on Monday and they did their physical testing. Tuesday to Saturday out on the training pitch. Sunday they're off. Back at it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday then go straight to the airport to fly down to Hawaii. So it, it's been a very busy time. Before I give my kind of thoughts on on what I've seen this week, I've been at a few of the sessions. Was there anything that you took out of Saturday's session that, that really stood out for you, Zach? No, it was, it was a, I felt like it was a spirited
0: session, especially considering how, the yes. poor conditions.
1: Spirited is a very good word to yeah. how it's been
0: this week. There were some... Tackles flying in, yeah. Uh, there was some players all, all week that those tackles have been flying, yeah. In. Which I think is a, I like, is positive, especially yeah. if no one's getting hurt. Uh... Hmm. <laughs> oh right, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> someone I think did. Take someone, a knock. someone did take a knock in on day one, yeah. but he's okay. No, it's spirited, and y- you can see, you can tell that there are players trying to prove something. Yes. Um. So that's I think a I think a positive, and you also. One of the big things which has sometimes been talked about maybe too much and sometimes maybe talked about too little in previous seasons is the, the camaraderie and the – The, the, the sense chemistry. Of, yeah, the chemistry, the sense in the locker room, all kind of stuff. And you can already – there is already a positive I, – I, I personally already feel and sense the positive impact of having a Kai Kamara. I, no. I do as well, no. I know
1: so many folk go on about oh he's disruptive in the dressing room, he's yeah. a cancer yeah. in the dressing room, which but, is a phrase I always hate anyway. Yeah, but he he may have had issues in the past yeah. and another, another dressing room. Yeah. he's talked about it. We I did an article for MLS where he was very open talking about it. Right, actually, I think that article was on AFTN. But no, he you already can feel both in like some of his joking
0: around and his interactions yeah. you could, with his teammates and uh, stuff, and, 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 and on, the Twitter, and on yeah. Twitter, yeah, yeah, or social media, I should say in general. That's pretty awesome. And then just some of the stuff he's done, in like that uh, Saturday, yesterday, was uh, a, there were a bunch of uh, those small-sided half-field six-on-six games. And just, yeah, the way he approached them, I think,
1: shows both his skill and ability. It was some very ability. competitive mini-games. Yes. Yeah, you've got to say that. And, I, I mean, it, it was very spirited the whole week. Kamara's been great, as has efri and Juarez. Yep. The two of them all week have been talking to the younger guys, the rookies that's in the camp – Fonzie's been talking to Kai Kamara a lot this week, so he's going to learn dancing, a lot from him. And dancing, yes, dancing as well, yeah. And the, the the rookie guys brought toothpaste for Kai after him <laughs> right. complimenting their smiles <laughs> yeah. after the draft. So, I mean, it, it's felt it's felt really good. But I, I mean, we've both watched preseason now for so many years, and I've got to say, not blowing smoke up anyone's ass, not just trying to like BS anyone. This feels the fittest squad that I have seen right away at the start of the season. Yeah. No one's come in chubby. I have yeah apart have, from us maybe. Yeah. I have no I, I noticed uh I noticed especially for
0: example one player I was I was watching to see how they come in like Christian Techera looks fit as a he fiddle. He has
1: been my player of the week. Yeah. He the sessions that I've seen with Teixeira he has been whipping the crosses in which Kamara has been burying. Yeah. So there's a there's a I a, a nice thing to start off with as well. But he knows his 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 place is on the line For sure He's got Blundell challenging him He's got Fonzie challenging him I thought Nose maybe I thought Nose he, is not in the team
0: anymore
2: <laughs> Eric Hurtado is another guy Who doesn't seem to own a shirt Sorry he said Nose His no, place
1: is on the line Eric Hurtado though Has a little bit of an ankle knock as well So yeah, okay. he's, he's he, not been training much this he week was, yeah. So he's
2: spending more money On his socks
1: than yes. his shirts <laughs> And his hair he yeah, has His haircut, course. Hair trim
0: Or hairstyle this week Yeah, I don't think well, call that K- no. Kendall's got his Shade. new haircut
1: as well He likes to go blonde Or blondish not Blondell. He likes to go blonde Dish over the the winter months. Last year was Silver Surfer though. I didn't yeah. like that. He looked like an old man.
0: That speaking of Tony or Anthony, that was one of the disappointments for yesterday for me. Was I saw him come out, and then I didn't see him do much, and then he wasn't in the wasn't in the six sided games that I saw.
1: So I think he was maybe there. He he was doing laps. Right. He may have had a little bit of a knock early in the. Oh, oh okay. There you go. there you go. Yes, um, but he's good. Um, like, talking about, about Blondell. if you haven't seen it yet, did, I think, possibly one of the first interviews that he's done in English, although it was via translator. He doesn't speak Scottish. I speak no Spanish. The, the interview went well. <laughs> but I'm so on AFT and my, my chat with him, it went up to day. And I had a chat with him yesterday. through. <laughs> said something through a translator again, just asking him about the weather. And what I liked about it was he, was he smiled and he was like, yeah, well, this is what it is now. It's fine. It's not that bad. As opposed to going, oh, I hate this. Because yeah. if you saw my photograph of Breck Shea, that was like, <laughs> he was wrapped up. in literally a polar I, exhibition.
0: I, I literally turned to the people, the, the friends I was with there, and I was just like, Breck's not at training. Does this, What does this mean? And they were like, no, no, <laughs>
1: dude, he's here. I was like, where? I don't see him. Jordi Reina was wrapped up pretty much as
0: well. <laughs> he needs, no, he but,
1: needed one
2: of those fur No, hats. but like Breck the was fur. like... I, I have one, I'll bring it up Breck
0: was him. like every part of his skin was covered except for his eyes. But yeah. when he was playing the
1: mini-games, yeah, so he, 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 he took stuff off. But, I mean, there's been some interesting battles. Tim Parker's not been in camp yet. He's been away with the U.S. national team camp as opposed to to playing in their game tonight against Bosnia. Mark Bloom has come in on trial. guy that's got experience in MLS with Atlanta, Focal Norm from TFC. It's going to be interesting to see how he does because he's coming in with experience. But you've got a guy... Well, you've got Justin Fittes that was taking the draft. You've got Lucas Stuffer as well. So all those... Guys are kind of battling for backup fullback spots, so we'll see what happens with that. It was just good to see them back in the pitch. It was good to see the atmosphere. There was that uh, some guys that haven't had a chance to to take part in the scrimmages yet. They're doing sort of laps around the pitch. Jake Narwinski still rehabbing yeah. that that knock that he he took in in Seattle, but he's he's coming close. Daniel Henry was doing laps as well earlier in the week, and David Edgar, who is back in training camp. Doesn't have a contract with the Whitecaps But is battling hard to get it He's very close to, to getting back to full fitness He will be taking part in the games in Hawaii And seeing how he gets on But I've got a chance to, to catch up with, with Eddie during the week Just to speak about how his rehab's going The Canadian national team Premier League And a lot more So let's hear now from David Edgar In a time
3: when hats were high I
4: had no Canadian flag Just the sign too scared to purchase larger When I walk through the Clyde Valley And the shadow of fiery Jack Power
1: First thing to ask you, David, how, how are you feeling after the injury?
5: Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, obviously, it was, a, it was a difficult year for me. Um, there was ups and downs, but um, I've spent the whole entire off-season either here or back in Toronto in a, in a strict training programme, knowing that this probably would have been the plan to come back out here and, and earn earn a place and earn a, earn a contract. So the gaffer and the club have been fantastic in that sense and, and, and keeping up to date, but I'm feeling good now. It must be a weird situation for you. You've had so many years
1: in the game and now you're having to play for a contract. Really, yeah. I know you kind of always have to play for yeah. a contract wherever
5: you are, but it's a little bit different maybe for you this year. Does it feel different? Yeah, it does. Uh, but I've, you know what, being out of the game for so long, not being, not being able to play and being the age I am, you come out with a completely different mindset um, and and how grateful you I've been able to do this job for so long and, and do what I love and... So you, you've come back with that extra bit of drive, and it's—I'm not—it's hard to explain. You know what I mean? It's—it's it's just a whole different mentality, and yeah. i am a very good where I wasn't physically in the off in the, um, during the injury. I try to stay there mentally, just try to stay in the game, the coach, and the commentating, and and have a real positive mindset. And I think that's helped me along the way. And, and I'm just grateful to be here and given the opportunity. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it with both hands. I know that there'd been talk you were going to maybe go for a training stint at Burnley or something mm. like that. Did you go back
1: to England for a spell?
5: No, that was all. That was all um, dependent on how far along I was right. during the injury uh, and if it worked in the off season to go back. I've got mates there and I'm still still speak to the manager over there and I could have went and trained and just kept my fitness up in terms of coming back here. That was that was always the plan. Um, it didn't work out that way in, in terms of the knee. The knee dictated a lot before the end of the season, so I I had to take a step back and then build up again, and and it was great. I did that back in back in Kitchener with the family and, and the friends around, and it's tough being in the gym alone sometimes. But I, uh, like I say you you come out with a, a whole different aspect on on everything, all parts of life.
1: Now, if things go well in the camp and you you're back on the roster, Ross talked about a new change of system. Maybe three at the back, mm-hmm. could be three centre backs, could be maybe someone like Marcel in there. Mm-hmm. Does that system excite you? Is that a system that you've played much of? Do you feel that your game is suited to
5: that? You know what it does. Um, I played the full year at Sheffield United in the middle of a, of a three, and on left and right at, at times. But uh, it's definitely something that that excites me when I when I first started hearing about it. Um, Obviously, a three at the back for me all comes down to personnel and what you have, not just a, what you have at wing backs and what you have in front of you in the midfield. So that will have to be up to the manager's discretion if he wants to to go for that. But um, for, from my point of view, I would I would love to be involved in the three. I think if, if it works, it, it can work very very well. Um, if it doesn't, on the other hand, it, it can you can be exposed. So it's one of those things that we're probably going to have to test out if if the gaffer is thinking about it and hopefully uh, hopefully I can be a part of that. Now. <laughs> can't talk to you without, I guess, talking about the, the change in the, the Canadian men's
1: national mm. team. Did that just come as as big a surprise to the players as it did to everyone else?
5: Massive. Um, I remember I was, I was leaving to go to, with the under-23s last week in, in Orlando. I just went to get some fitness with them and it happened the night before and it just popped up and then my phone started blowing up and I didn't really know what to say to these people asking me. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's pretty much everyone all the players and and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's a strange one, but again, we're just going to have to adapt and uh, it's it's what's best for the country at at this time and we have to all come together and, and buy into it. Simple as that. The way the team was playing under Octavio, it did seem that you you taking strides, you'd move
1: forward, and it, it just seems really weird. But do, I mean, do you feel the team had made good progress in the last year?
5: Well, yeah. Obviously, I watched the I watched the Gold Cup, I watched all the the friendlies because it, it was painful not being there. Uh, obviously, for me, but um, I'm still a fan, still a Canadian soccer fan, and uh, yeah, we did take strides. There was still a lot a lot more to do because I mean it's. It's a lot different when you have to go down to Honduras in the World Cup qualifying in front of ninety thousand people. So it is a lot different. But uh, like I say that we were taking strides, and, and again, we just have to to move on and adapt. And that's the decision that's been made. So uh, hopefully, I, I can I can again be a part of that when I'm all fit and ready.
1: The Canadian Premier League is obviously going to change the way that the game is here. Mm-hmm. teams coming in, is that something that excites you as a Canadian to see that it's finally going to be a domestic league, looks like it's starting in 2019 I know you've still got a lot of good years of your own career left but is that something that maybe interests you later on in your career or even when it starts to be a flagship player for the league.
5: Yeah, I mean it's definitely something that interests me as a as a child as a, sorry as a, as a kid I had to go across I had to go to go abroad to to forge yeah. out a career for myself. So if if there's kids here that don't have to do that and don't have to leave home at 14 then then all the all the best because we have that platform for them now, and then the MLS teams and whatnot. So it's great to have your own domestic league. Uh, f- as far as me being a, a part of it, again, I've got some some good years left, and I want to spend them at the very top that I can that I can do. So again, I'm I'm just looking forward to training one day at a time. But yeah. you know, uh, in the future, I'm I'm very passionate about Canadian soccer, whether that's um, whether that's at a Canadian team or the country, coaching things like that, and I'm uh, I'm very passionate about it.
1: That's great. Thank Perfect. you so much, David. Thanks, Good Take luck, you And i wear for my lady the Canadian flag, baby! David Edgar there just chatting about his rehab battle and trying to, to win a, a place on the Whitecats roster this year. And I really hope he does. I'm really rooting for the guy. After everything he went through, we talked a little bit about Stephen Mee on the show last week, but he deserves to be on the roster. And if he is, for me, he is the number three centre-back for, for the Whitecaps this season. Oh, 100%. If he's healthy, he's fully fit. Yeah. Not necessarily playing in the three in the back, just in the picking order, picking order, number three.
2: Number th- or even if he, there's three at the back, he should be the starter. One of the starters.
1: Ahead of De Jong? At this point. Have De Jong maybe as... L-
2: I'm saying if he's fully fit yeah. and fully healthy and fully good to go, I'd rather have him than De Jong at, at one of the i fullbacks. I think his experience
1: as well is vital.
2: Because he's played right back before in well, his career, <clears throat> so he can play the right mm. side. I
0: would concur. I'd rather have David Edgar as a left centre-back and then have Marcel as the
1: wide winger. Yeah, enough like him f- and Nervinsky going up yeah. the wings or something. Yeah. It's an important preseason for Edgar, but he's looking sharp, he's hungry, and as you heard there, it's like, it's kind of it's revitalized him almost. It's, it's something to fight for that he's never really had to do because all these years when he's been over in England and at Newcastle, he's always had a contract. You're maybe playing for a starting spot, but you, you've got this deal. Whereas now, he, he's playing for his deal. So so good luck to him. Yeah. Now, a couple of other players might be coming into the, the training camp and they, they head down to Hawaii. Had a few names floated about. We won't mention that just now. but One who was finally named... Oh yes, of course. In the camp, no longer, good old no longer, tr- no longer trialist. No, or, or no longer as who is Hudson or Hudson is Hudson. Yeah, Isaiah Hudson, officially named eighteen now in the summer, so the Whitecaps can finally sign him at the end of July when he turns eighteen. Also known as Isaiah Hudson. I say Isaiah. I know for real. Hmm. Potato, potato. Anyone that says potato, though, to, to be honest, is I love when my British British friends say Isaiah. I love it. It is Isaiah. We invented the language. We know what we're saying. But yeah, he's in the camp. So is it potato or potato? It's definitely potato. Okay. No one says potato. Okay. And it's also tomato. But anyway. (laughs) Hudson. Um... We're talking about the battles. It's like early in the week in the sessions that I saw. It was all the young guys that were flying into tackles. David Norman had a couple of crunchers on well, he's, Hudson. Well, he's Dave Norman. Funnily enough, as well. But the young guys were flying in on each other. No, no one was doing that to Kai Kamara. Not yet, anyway. So they, they didn't quite have the the balls well, when, to do that. In, in when you have just brought him
0: toothpaste, you're not really <laughs>
1: going to go and. Yeah, but I mean that was good to out. see. But I mean, talking about tough tacklers, one has finally, we knew he had gone, but one has finally, officially, officially yeah. left the Whitecaps. There had been earlier rumors that the Whitecaps may have re-signed him to loan him out, but not he's gone. He has joined Estudiantes in Argentina. Mati Laba has gone. On a free transfer. I'm going to miss his dog. That was a little cutie. He's,
2: yeah, he's, I think I think it was unfortunate because I think they would have picked up his option if the injury didn't happen. But then then if, the, could, if the injury
1: hadn't happened, he would have been sold to Racing. No, that's yeah. what I mean. He would have been yeah. sold
2: then. Like you were yeah. saying, it was telling a free transfer. I think he would have been sold. He, he would have left anyways, but at least the Whitecaps could have got something if he had been injured. Because it was too much of a risk to pick up that, yeah. that option. With and, and, oh, yeah.
0: and this is where some people are extremely upset. That yes. Nothing is being got for him. At the same time, I think I think some people are maybe relating this to what happens in other sports. Sometimes and in football, sometimes where if you know someone's going to move, then you don't play them, or whatever. I think I think the response to that and it's, that,
2: that was a freak injury though, right? So that's yeah. one yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, but, but, but the, I, the I response, see both sides of it. The response to that was we needed to we needed the, 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 the win Vancouver games. needed to win those games. Yeah, and so it, you not playing him was not an option in terms of putting the best competitive foot forward. I've
1: never seen Zach so animated. Yeah. Hit the microphone there <laughs> in, in his <laughs> anger at his fellow fans, not not and, and their opinions. Not, not anger, just <laughs> that's the other side of it. But, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 but the other thing is, well, for like, why didn't they sign him and then sell him? It's like, we, why would he pay his salary yeah. and then no? But
0: yeah, the player. But why would, would he player, sign? Yeah, the yeah. player would never yeah. do that, and then the club who knows he's free is never going to. At least yeah. they brought him back to say goodbye that, and give that motivational talk. That was one of the most awkward tweets I heard this week or whatever, where it was like, oh, <laughs> they've signed him, they're going to loan him.
1: I was just like, that's not yeah, going to happen. not going to happen. But that's all the white cap news for this week. We'll talk some MLS news in the fifth part of the show when we, we look at the headlines. But we'll be back with more after this.
4: is closed and poor Harry wants to know where the next boss is I said five or two minutes I had my change in my hands the bus flashes past my hands are called just couldn't get ahead I just couldn't get ahead couldn't get ahead just couldn't
1: The fall there with Couldn't Get Ahead in tribute to the late, great Marky e. Smith who died this week. One of my all-time musical favourites. There's no other band that has released 32 studio albums spanning five decades, I don't think. He's featured in Wavelength a couple of times. I'm surprised you, you didn't recognise the vocals. Hey, last week's Wavelength was really good. I know. Well, I've got some more by them coming up in weeks to come.
2: And the song, I think, is a good luck
1: charm. Yes. Because... Newport County, one all uh, draw. <laughs> I I was gutted watching that. I, I, the they, goal was coming. They
2: should have, but they could have scored a couple of goals early yes. on because yeah. they were they were on the front foot. They're going to the, get hammered at Wembley
1: um, in the replay, but but, but <laughs> they get their name in the fifth. Well, also the fan owned. They yeah. are struggling for money, so that's going to be a bump payday for time. them. I but, think that's
2: why the fans were cheering so much. Yeah, it it was heartbreaking. It <laughs> yeah. was
1: just. Almost a year to the day that I was over at Rodney Parade watching Newport playing Hartlepool that day, so not quite as no. exciting. But yeah, well done in Newport. Obviously, our Newport bands are are bringing them luck. Goldie looking chain, fly screen last week, Marky Smith there from the fall. In tonight's show, we're going to have a, a few songs from the fall splattered all, all over the place just as, as, as tribute to them. Make sure you check them out. Someone sent me a message this week, I think it was uh, Rich Halland on Twitter saying that. The first of him ever hearing the fall Because they're a bit of a fringe band over here Was on CITR Radio So we've brought it all full circle for them Nice But anyway, back to the football chat You're listening to the AFT and soccer show on CITR Radio And now, this part one of our sit-down chat with Carl Robinson We we decided to split this up into two parts We sat down with him, it was just over a half-hour chat And we we talked about so many different things The season that's passed, the season to come Mm. His growth how he puts the squad together, MLS, so many things. So we're gonna play the first part just now and then talk about some of the things that come out of that. We hope you enjoy. It. If you're listening live, anything you want to talk about what Robo says, shoot us a tweet at AFT in Canada. But here's Robo. Robo. thought I'd start off by speaking to you for 10 minutes about the Wales job because I'm sure you haven't spoken enough about that so far. Looking back on last season, I don't want to touch too much on it, yeah. but what's your overriding thoughts now on, on how that played out? And If you look at how the team got to the semi in 2017, yeah. got to the semi in 2015,
6: yeah. what was the more disappointing exit for you? The Portland game in 2015 because... Generally, we went to Portland um, and the away game in the first leg of the semi-final. And I think we had two real clear-cut chances with Octavio and Gershon Coffey that still sit with me today. Uh, But I was really happy with the 0-0 draw um, in the first leg based upon, I believe, that we would win our home tie. And that was the genuine thought on it. And then having spoken to Caleb after the event... um, You know, in his mind, he was, listen, they needed to not give nothing away in the first leg. You know, a score draw in the first game would have given us the advantage. um, And in his mind, if they weren't able to win the game, a 0-0 was a a very comfortable score for him. Uh, I was new to management. uh, What he said stuck in my mind. And when we went into the 17 game, three days after, we'd obviously had a very emotional San Jose game. First playoff win since the club's been in Major League Soccer. It was important that... Uh, we didn't give nothing away. And we didn't. Possession was even, and I'm not a big believer in all that. I'm a believer in shots and goal and goals and final third entries. And there was nothing in the game. Uh, and I was quite happy with that based upon, we'd played three d- days earlier and two key players of mine were very risky to play in that game. So I didn't want to take the risk. I inserted different players. They come on, the guys who were the difference makers two days e- three days earlier, uh, and they look they tired and flat. So the first leg was, we were comfortable. Uh, we knew going into Seattle it was difficult. We know any playoff game is difficult, but you know we wanted to engineer ourselves in the first half, especially where we're still in the game. And uh, after the first 45 minutes of the second leg, you could say we had more possession than them. We were really good with the ball. We didn't have, other than Freddie Montero, when he went through and missed, probably controlled the ball on a diagonal pass. We didn't have many efforts on goal. But neither did they. And it was a case of first mistake probably was going to cost the team and and we're going to win the game. And unfortunately for us, we give the ball away down on the right side. I think a square pass, um, you know, they nicked the ball uh, and then we failed to recover and a few ricochets. And then Clint Dempsey put it in the top corner. And having said that, 1-0, it was still a case of we're still in the game. They scored the first goal. um, Then the dynamics of the game changed. And... We altered things. I tried to put Brecht at left-back to cause us more uh, attacking threat. Uh, again, we we had a half chance with a header, we, with Bolaños, but we did, we weren't good enough. And I said that all along at the end of the season. Three, six days earlier, seven days earlier, we were good enough because we slapped San Jose. And it wasn't nice for them. And, you know, you feel for them in the playoffs. If you lose 5-0, then you, you get done. Uh, and then Clint scored in the last few minutes and the game over. So in the two semifinals in the three years that we've been here, it was 1-0 going into the last two minutes of both games over two ties. So that gives me hope. And it says to me that we are not far away. Um, the mistake in both games cost us. Addy in the Portland game when Timmy Parker got caught watching and they, they, they played the ball back and Addy scored a good goal. And, and Clint Dempsey, when we played a square ball and gave the ball away and we weren't able to deal with the counter. So, we're not far away, but we weren't good enough. And, you know, anyone who says they were good enough, whether it's Houston when they went through the next round and lost 5-0, you can't say that, And, and I won't say that. But what I won't go away from is the fantastic season that the boys gave me last year because... We we achieved some unbelievable firsts again for the club. You know we were in the Champions League semi final against Tigres. We, we went to Dallas and we won four nil. We went to El Galaxy again and we won. You know there was a number of things that we did again, which w- this group of players keeps proving people wrong. But when it comes down to it in the playoffs, which everyone tries to get into, it's fine lines. It really is, and and we weren't good enough to get over that fine line. You know seven days after what was probably the best moment in the club's history. And it's good and bad, and sometimes you have to deal with it and accept it and and take responsibility for it. And the group of players did. I did. um, But you can't dwell on it. You've got to get back to work.
1: I don't know how much stuff gets fed back to you. I know you don't read a lot of social media and stuff, but the reaction from segments of the fan base, they're on a high after San Jose, and then it's like you've become the worst team in the world after the way that you play against Seattle. The defensive kind of game that you play yeah. doesn't sit comfortably with some folk over yeah. here. Is it hard to shake that perception, or like like where I come from and where you come from, yeah. winning's the important thing, yeah. and how you get there doesn't matter. Yeah. But it does seem to matter more here.
6: Yeah, it's uh, it's something that's been in um, in North America quite a bit, and. The answer of it is open-ended because, you know, I could sit here and say, right, okay, I'm going to play this this brand of football, which is, is passing and building through the zones and create overloads and lose every game. And if I do that, it might be exciting to watch and you, we might lose 4-3, but me and my coaching staff will lose our jobs. So we won't do that based upon we need to get results. I've been brought up, you need to get results. About, but I also understand it's about selling the game in North America and understand You know, the best teams in the world, Chelsea last year, who won the Premier League, did it with the best clean sheet record. If you talk to Peter Vermees at Kansas City, he talks about conceding the least amount of goals, which they did last year, but they didn't score enough because they sold Dom Dwyer and they missed the playoffs. So it's finding the balance. Uh, And that's the difficult question. And you're never going to please everyone. Uh, And people will say, well, you scored 50-odd goals, which is probably mid-table in the high top third of doing it. Uh, But we conceded 49 goals. Uh, which is probably in the, the bottom tier of the third um, which if we're going to compete and we were competing last year but get to the next level we need to score over 50-60 goals 50-55 goals and concede 40 so it's finding the balance uh, John Tosher always said to me about you know the perfect example he can use is, is the blanket and going to bed you know people want you to attack more so you attack so you pull a blanket over your head and your feet get cold and that's your defending and your attacking and it comes down to that it comes down to players the game's about scoring goals if you win 1-0 or lose 1-0 you can like we did at dc this year we absolutely played brilliantly probably our best game of the season we missed a penalty in the last minute we lost 1-0 everyone goes away we don't go away with any consolation we played well we lost the game so there was no points on the board and those points are crucial come the end of the season so um, as I said, it's an open-ended question. It's still yeah. teams are trying to find the balance. Arsene Wenger, who's arguably one of the best managers behind Sir Alex Ferguson, has been in charge for 23 years. Um, they play a beautiful brand of football that hasn't won any trophies other than the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup or Carlin Cup, whatever you want. And he gets criticized. So you're going to get criticized players-wise, club-wise, you know, coaches-wise. You are, and you just have to deal with it. But I know we're doing things right here, which is the important thing to me.
1: Now you're going into your fifth season as a head coach. You've obviously learned a lot of things along the way. When you look at your own coaching style just now, and just how <laughs> you are as a coach and as a person, how have you grown over these last four or five years?
6: A lot. Um, you know, people will see on the surface, and and this is what you know. People outside only get to see certain things. You know, they don't see the day-to-day work that goes on. They don't see you know, the the groundwork that me and my coaches do behind the scenes. And there's a lot of work, unseen work that goes, obviously, unnoticed, not by us because it's about building, but by by people. What I'll say is I've learned what works and what doesn't work. I've learned about if I'm trying to uh, work with a group of players that I have at my disposal, if I want to turn Kendall Waston into a ball-playing centre-back, that's not going to happen because, uh, as an example, he is a towering hard-working, hard-nosed centre-back who defends for his life and is able to score four or five goals. If I want to turn him into Matt Beazler, I can't do that. You know, that's, that's something that coaching cannot do because it's the characteristics of the player. So over the four years, I've learned, you know, to, to make changes based upon what types of personnel I need within my system of play whether it's defensive, whether it's counter-attacking, whether it's attacking. I I think every year that I've been here, in the first year, we were hard to play against. In the second year, we were really exciting attacking-wise. In the third year, we played some really good stuff with Pedro being the deep liar and that lot, but we didn't make the playoffs, and everyone said it was a poor year. Last year, we probably had arguably the best season of the lot, and we get called defensive. So there's always always a, a statement that someone makes out there that sticks, Man City are the best team at the moment in the Premier League because they've scored the most goals, they've got the most points, they've won the most games and they play the best. Man United are having an unbelievable season as a second-place team. But because Man City have just had a crazy season, everyone says Man United are having a bad season and they're not. So it's about keeping it into perspective. But what are the things I've learned... You know, I I like to change things up, I like to change personnel, I like competition for places I don't care about making big decisions people question your decisions, squad rotation you know, the travel uh, makes me chuckle when people say why would you make eight changes I think it's there in the public domain now for everyone to see the amount of travel we have to do which is incredible, so if I don't carry a squad then I'm putting tired players uh, into a game Uh, why don't I play the same team, that's been thrown at me all the time, why doesn't Yordi Reina play every minute of every game. Alphonso Davis every minute of it because they can't. Based upon the sixty thousand miles we have to travel, so uh, it's understanding your players. It's getting the best out your players. It's not throwing your players under the bus. It's accepting responsibility. Uh, again, it's talking about changing formations. You know, and I've spoke openly about it this year. About you know, I, I will look at certain things based upon the personnel I had. You know, Marcel I think has grown in the last year, especially, and uh, he gives me the balance of playing a left side of three centre-back, which Christian Dean possibly would have had, but he wasn't fit and he couldn't keep himself fit. So I was unable to do that with the personnel I have this year. uh, Maybe we can look at that. And that's something I want to do because, you know, I don't want to be a coach that just plays 4-4-2 or or 4-2-3-1 or 4-3, however you want to say. I want to be a coach that's flexible and tries different things. And listen, it might not work. But we'll have a go, and if it does work, great, because we need a a plan B or a plan C. Because going into the semi-finals, you know, we had a a plan A and a plan B, and our plan B was to change certain personnel, put put a winger at fullback like Brett Shea, go to three at the back, but we didn't have a target man. So then we addressed the target man with Kai Kamara coming in, and now we're talking about changing personnel. So it's about not going away from what's been successful for us over four years, but also then trying to find that extra 5% that not keeps people happy, but tries to find the difference between falling at the semi-final step again for the third time in four years, rather than um, trying to get to that next level. Because, I said, it's about winning. There's one trophy to win, uh, and 21 teams will be unhappy.
1: Now, I know publicly you've said before you don't really care, but I, I do feel the club don't get maybe the recognition that it deserves in the grand scheme of MLS, because you're not a sexy team, you don't have international American players. But do you you feel that what you're doing here gets the respect and the recognition that it should?
6: Well, I think, you know, I've been in certain markets uh, prior to being in Vancouver, and what I'll say about our market is uh, people care, people want to understand football that you know they come to watch it and i don't mind people having their opinions because you know there's people that um, express their opinions but if they don't express their opinions then you don't get into dialogue about how to improve the game or how to improve things and so they've got people who care here fans who care and i want to be at a club with fans who care and and that's why i like being at this football club because I've got a fantastic staff, uh, I enjoy coming to work every day with the group of players I have, and yet yeah, I make changes and I make some difficult decisions for various reasons at certain times. but So it was for the benefit of the football club, because the football club will be here long after I come and go. Um, so I always make it for the best interests of them. Um, do I believe we get the recognition? No, I don't. Uh, I think we're, we're as far west as it possibly can be. We're not in the market of... The Torontos and teams like that, Um, but it is what it is. I don't complain about it. I just quietly go about my business. And if if you ask me and you get to know me, you'll know that uh, I'm okay with that because I don't mind being the underdog. I don't mind being the smaller team. And in world football all over, there's small teams, big teams, um, huge teams, middle teams, and things like that. So. People that probably don't give us the recognition, but I use that to an advantage to my players because I say to them, you know, no one gives us a chance. I think we were finishing outside the top 15 teams last year and we were one point away from first going into the last game of the season. So my group of players proved them wrong. I proved them wrong, which is great because that's what the game's about. And if ever you, you know, will we get to a stage of people expect us to win it? Maybe. That's what happened after year two, I believe, when we finished second.
3: Yeah.
6: And people said that we were a contender and we missed the playoffs. Uh, and that's what happens. Yeah, we qualify for the Champions League and you know, the Canadian Cup, but the playoffs is the end goal and we put our focus into that last year. We got into the playoffs. We've done great, We, but we, again, we fell short. So uh, do I think we... No, I don't think we get enough recognition, but I'm okay with that because that's for someone else's job to do or don't do. <laughs>
1: I don't know if the gaffer would like that dancing you're doing to his song. It's great dancing, just working out here in the studio. Kyle Robinson there, the first part of our chat with him. We've got a a lot more to come in part two, where we're going to talk about the role of John Parr, the demise of WFC2, new additions to the club, DP signings, all that to come in the second part, which will be in part four of this podcast. But let's just look over some of the things he said there. And, I mean, I agree with him. The, the first question I asked him, what felt worse, 2015 or 2017? We talked about it a little bit. For me, losing to Portland in 2015 felt bad because I genuinely think that was the season that we could have won the MLS Cup. 2017, I really don't think we could have beat Toronto in the final. But that's 2015, a, I think that that's was
0: a, our year. That's a fair assessment because, yeah, I mean, just... Portland was felt so fortunate their whole or most of their run against sport against Kansas City against us maybe less so but and then against Dallas there was a little bit I felt like they were a little bit fortunate, and then the final they they won on a, a keeper falling yeah. asleep and a and a goal
1: that with var would not have been a goal yeah well
3: in a one
5: off game can
1: happen. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he does that again this this season as well. We chatted there about people's reaction to his defensive style of play, and it it just does not sit well over here. And we've talked about it. I'm I'm firmly in the by any means necessary camp. I don't care how we get the wins as as long as we get the wins. But there does seem to be more of a demand to be entertained. Would you say that? I mean, you've lived your whole life here. What? Haven't you No. Oh, I'm from Ontario. I'm in in Canada.
0: Oh, oh, in Canada. Sorry, I thought you
1: were suddenly going to tell us that you were actually German.
0: <laughs> you said here. I was, I was thinking immediate here. Um,
1: well, Ontario is close to here.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Thunder Bay. It's yeah. like a derby.
2: It's like a Vancouver Thunder Bay derby. Um, I I think there is a thing like, especially when you show it. Sometimes like there 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 has been displays, especially over the past few years of that, you know, wide open play and everything, that when he tightens it down, they're going, why is he doing that when he, when you've shown us that you can play this way? I think that's the confusion that a
1: lot of people I, have, yeah. especially
2: the casual fans out there. That I, I think
1: when you see how they go and play against San Jose and you see that free-flowing attack, folk expect that every week. But not San every Jose team is were San rubbish. Jose. Yeah, exactly. Their, their goals against, the number of goals they conceded was atrocious. But... The the feeling it's not it's not a really positive mood. I I was speaking to somebody and I I was saying to him I'm I'm feeling a bit positive about this season because I I genuinely feel that we're going to to get goals this year. And if if you look, uh, there was forty nine goals for, sorry, fifty goals for, forty nine goals against. Take away some errors from that, and you may be down to. 44, 45 goals. What type of errors would you take away David Oosted did let some goals in that he probably shouldn't. Get that down to 40. Get the goals for to the 55, 60 category. There's no way with a 15 to 20 goal difference, positive goal difference, that that team is not going to get in the playoffs. Whether they can do that is the the whole other aspect of it. And that's what folk are, are fearing. How much do you, how much stock do you put in Team chemistry compared with big name signings. Can team chemistry get the job done? I think you have to have a balance.
2: I think you can achieve team chemistry even if you do sign big names. Yeah, I, it depends on the big name. I, I,
0: I, I personally think the 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 collective is more important than the, the individual. Yeah, especially in football, uh, maybe more so than other team sports. Uh, and there, it's also also about the off the off the field. Togetherness that I think is really important. So I think there are players who are big name who that's no, not an issue for.
2: Um, Morbital at Morbital um, has uh, tweeted and he said fans would rather see us crash and burn, playing wide open with attack and goals, not fall asleep with a counter attack defense first game plan. T- Tater understood this.
1: I, I just I don't I don't understand folk wanting to to see the team play like that well, though, but not
0: win you know you do know there is a local newcastle supporter group here in the in the community that
1: that maybe have fond memories of kevin keegan or something mm. yeah true and they, they they didn't win the championship four, that year four
0: three wins and losses all year I,
1: I know the two are not mutually exclusive for real and it's like ideal world you play entertaining football and you win they're not mu- a la tfc they're not they're not mutually exclusive but they're uh ext-
0: i think they're Harder to come by in MLS. Yeah. right. Unless you, unless you were going to spend the money that, for yeah. example, TFC has well, spent.
1: B- before we wrap this section up, I asked Robo how he's grown in his, his four or five years at the helm. Do, do you see that he's grown? Do you feel that he's grown as a coach? I, I feel the perception
0: is that he hasn't. But yeah, I think he has. And I think, I think this year that's going to show maybe more than other years. What about you, Steve?
2: Uh, I do agree too that uh, I think there are mistakes that he makes like everybody else makes. Like there are moments during, I think during the game, he uh, there's uh, errors that are made, but everybody can second guess everybody at that point, right? You, when you're in the heat of the moment, players make mistakes, coaches make, referees obviously make mistakes. So it's hard, it's easy to judge from when you're sitting up high or at a field level and you're watching the game, um, not as easy when you're in the game, in the, in the moment.
3: We've
1: got a tweet from Ronald Ronan T Allen at Ronan T Allen on Twitter. He says, "This is an honest question: Is Carroll a coach that wants to try new formations, player combinations, tactics, or is he conservative in his methods? I can never tell what he's thinking in these interviews. I think he is keen to to try, but at the back of his mind is always: if the team plays terrible, he's out of a job. Yeah, and all coaches are going to think that way." Whether they say it publicly or not, they are. But I, I genuinely believe he is open to trying new stuff. So, just per, perception
0: or perspective, Michael, Steve. If Vancouver does not make the playoffs this year, does Robo get the sack? I think he has to.
2: I believe this year is, is you know, the one year that if he doesn't make it, yeah. Right. So if you guys are, th- which, right. hard, which yeah. is hard to say, because of the fact that this, like, the, like the teams like LAFC have built their team to, and L- well, the that's Galaxy, the thing, yeah. Galaxy are going to be back up to the same levels. Other teams haven't really lost too much, so it's going to be interesting to see how this Western Conference plays out.
1: Because in a way, it's easy to argue, no, he shouldn't, because you are against these big spenders and some big hitters. Yeah. But you have to expect both LA teams are going to get in. You have to expect Seattle's going to get in. Portland's probably put together a good enough score to get in. There's four of the six spots. And you're not even looking at... Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City. You've got... RSL. Dallas might oh, turn yeah. things around Colorado. RSL will have spent money Colorado's got a new head coach the, the well, Minnesota might even be spending Colorado some. has a Kiwi experiment going on
0: yeah
2: the one the one thing that I think will uh, he need uh, I think he needs to do is to keep people off their kind of keep them guessing of what the Whitecaps are going to do not stay stagnant if they would stay stagnant people could figure them out very easily
0: more, continuing that conversation Morbital uh, at Morbital on Twitter. Uh, Falls up by saying, My casual soccer fan buddy gave up his season tickets for this year. Been a season ticket holder since 2011, which is actually longer than me, as I've, t- I've taken a few seasons off here and there. But he's sick of the club playing boring soccer and not getting results. So he's saying, So the perspective is from some, the football's not great and the results aren't there either. Which is which is fair. Because, yeah,
1: a lot of folk have, at, le- at least the folk I've read in Southside's forum and Twitter and Facebook, they have given their season tickets up because they're not enjoying the experience. And I do get that. There's no point going there. If you're, if you're going to play defensive football, you have to get results. But arguably, last season was one of the best white cap seasons. They were just within a whisker of winning the Western Conference regular yeah. season title. So you can't and that's say how Robo looks at it as well. You
2: can't say he did. They, they didn't get results. Yes, they didn't yeah. get the results against Seattle at the end. But they were if getting results. Kind of end.
1: basing it on that w- one performance. Yeah, it's hard. But yeah, we're going to have more from from Robo in part four. But we'll be back with more after this. <laughs> For non-wrestling fans out there, that is the theme tune for Shinsuke Nakamura, WWE wrestler. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. And we
2: got to, we can't say why we're playing it because we going to spoil it for yeah. Zach. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it. We don't that. want to
1: spoil anything for Zach. He's a big wrestling fan. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. And it, it was the Royal Rumble today. I haven't finished watching it yet, so I don't want any spoilers yet either. I've still got the women's Royal Rumble match to to watch, and last night's WWE NXT Championship match between Johnny Wrestling. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't see it was. which I do know the result of at least because of what it's, happened it's in the Royal well Rumble. It's well worth watching. Yeah, even I've if you heard, know the it's, result. I heard it's fantastic, but yeah. And but we play that because we're going to rumble right now. Yeah, oh, but you two I think, are going to well, rumble. Before, before. before we do that, though, <laughs> we've got a tweet from Greg Petrie. Sure. Saying, because it is Royal Rumble night, which Whitecaps player would prevail in a Whitecaps Royal Rumble? Uh, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Christian Tegere. <laughs> Because He's small, no one will get him over the top no, rope. It's Kendall Watts. Yeah, Kendall Watts. I'm
2: Kendall Watts. I was just thinking, is there anybody else? Um, I think
1: Kai Kamara would have a huge power. Yeah. No, no, no,
2: Kai is agile, yeah. Hmm. But I think he'd be the more agile type because you just it's not
0: always the big guy that wins.
2: because no. everybody teams up on the big guy
0: to eliminate him. Yeah. The only advantage other players would have is they some of them have already been hit by Kendall and they know what it is, maybe to take one That, that is
1: true, but, yeah. Uh, the Caps need to do a video of just all his Kindle slaps yeah. from the whole three, four years he's been here. So it's, it's trivia time coming up. But before we do that, it's time for Christmas presents. Christmas in January. Yes.
3: It never so exciting. Because
1: Zach's never been here to, to give us the, the presents. And I'm pleased to say that Zach's present finally arrived from the UK. Okay. So uh, can I do mine first? Yeah, you can do, uh, do I'll do one of mine first and yep. you can do yours. You can I'll empty your one. sack first. That
0: um, That'll be a so, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give. I think I'm gonna give Michael's first because if I give Steve's, Steve, your gift, I gotta say this. It's not as good as Michael's. Oh don't worries. So I, I apologize. Dead. I'm yeah. used to be. No, I apologize because, um, I I I got you something, and I, it's. I think it hits the target enough. But I think this hits the target more. Is oh, it, uh, yeah, the boxes can be deceptive. Oh
1: yes. Oh, okay. So I've got a really nicely wrapped present there. It's got a uh, snowman lined up in a wall. Yeah. As if they're they're about to take a free kick. This yeah. one's covering. Yeah, he's 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 covering his snowballs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. This. Oh. Or or should I get you to open at the same time?
3: No. Those I'll, those mine first. just
2: I, to let you know, in, those
0: listening live will be going over one o'clock. For yeah. <laughs>
2: It's taking that long to open a gift? Sorry, I'll just—I'll
1: rip this open now. Oh, 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 superb! It's Lego, of course, and it's Doctor Who Lego. Oh, that looks awesome! That looks way over the budget that we set as well. Wait, there was a budget. Aha! Uh-huh. What was the budget? Fifteen dollars. Oh, um, that might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, so, I've got yours. I haven't wrapped it up as nice, mainly because it's
0: radio. It's you jangry. didn't have
2: to radio. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> oh yeah, that
1: is, that as well. this, this is, is great radio. Open this is a
0: t- this radio. is a T-shirt. Now Michael, just for the record, Michael in the past has got me a T-shirt, which is awesome. Yeah, Everyone, who doesn't like the word T-shirt? <laughs> who doesn't like the word? Now Michael, the last shirt you got me was a men's large. Yeah, which I think I used to be able to fit into in like grade eleven. Maybe it was uh, ten. I was maybe giving nine. the to
1: as an incentive. <laughs> and I thought you are you, slimmed down to it Anyway, I got you 2XL this time 2XL, That's okay. the biggest they had So oh. I, hope it, I hope it fits Oh yes, and it's this in, is good It's a red and white t-shirt For Canada and TSS Rovers Nice With a fist in the middle And it says support your local team
0: Hashtag AMF against modern Zach football Zach loves this fist I like this And I
1: got myself one I liked it so much You get the red? Yeah, and smaller so we're gonna be. T- <laughs> so we're gonna be twins. We're gonna be twinsies. <laughs> That's okay. Ooh. Yeah, oh, this is really good. Steve's got Lego as well. Guardians of the Galaxy. No, this is awesome. I love it. I, I genuinely love this as well, but this is way over our budget. But anyway, it's trivia time.
3: Questions
1: what have you done to my song?
2: I don't know. <laughs> Let's stop right there. Okay. This, this is
1: horrible. <laughs> the mixtape just got eaten. Okay, so it's, it's trivia time. Now, there's probably going to be some folk listening to this show for the first time. I'm, I'm sorry. You're probably just waiting for Robo. It's coming up. Honest, the second part is coming up. But we've been playing some trivia over the last couple of weeks. Steve will explain. person
2: who wins each round gets the first pick in a draft. We're going to be picking players. Zach and Michael are going to be uh, arranging uh, their starting 11 of these players that we have. And the f- listeners at home get on, on Twitter get to vote as to see which is the best eleven. So uh, this will be round three.
1: Yeah, Zach, Zach has, has won, won the first, first two, rounds. two rounds. He's won the defenders. He's won the midfielders. So uh,
2: D- defenders slash goalkeepers yeah. and midfielders.
1: So I, I'm hoping to be able to get some picks of forwards. So because I've I've been in a bad run, I thought I would liven it up a little bit this week, and I'm going to add some jeopardy. Well, it's not really that much. Wait, jeopardy. how are I still understand how are you adding something to Steve's thing? Just, but bear with me. So I'm going to give you a playing card. I don't want to know your West Ham playing card, <laughs> <laughs> your irons. This is vintage. This goes back to 1980. So uh, Michael, explained
2: to me. So the, yes. well, how about Eric's is uh, any quest, any round. So yeah.
1: there's 10 rounds.
2: Yeah, 10 rounds. Any round, you feel very confident and you want oh, to you double, double, down. You double your points. Yes. This is changing. The,
1: this is how I'm going to lose. Yeah. You can play your joker. But if you play your joker in a round and mm-hmm. you don't get the question right, Minus. but the opponent does... They get double points. Yeah. So there will be double points to be won. Yes.
2: Whether you win it or the other So person. you
1: couldn't win the first two times. So you got to add something. To be thankful I didn't bring my darts game. <laughs> anyway, let's get this underway because we're going to be on until 2 o'clock.
2: Yeah, it seems like <laughs> it right now. Okay, so uh, as we know, um, we have a tiebreaker to start off. And this week's tiebreaker is all-time goals. Okay, play my joker now. And <laughs> <laughs> all-time goals, Copa America. Oh, Zizinho, uh, from Brazil, holds the all-time record. in In tied for uh, second place is Servino Varela from Uruguay. Lola Fernandez, from Peru, of they course. have fifteen. Second place is fifteen. Yeah. What does he have for first place? Okay. And we're going with '80s and '90s cartoon themes. F-
3: fifteen
0: is second place.
2: Second place is fifteen.
0: We don't have the number of tournaments, right?
2: This is X-Men theme, by the way. Ah.
0: If Do you, I have no idea. Do you know? No, I just, okay, right. I just, just wrote, guessing. Nu- okay. wrote a number down. If you,
2: if you guys knew this, I would be surprised. Okay, so we have the answers, it looks like.
1: I've gone for 22. 22. Oh, Zach, shoot, I went 18.
2: Well, Zach is right. He, it's <laughs> 17. <laughs> I I said the last time
0: I don't like this game. <laughs> Wait, you, said, you called Joker at that one too, right? I heard you called Joker. That was a joke. Uh, well, you can't joke about the <laughs> joke. There, there's no
2: points uh, up for the grabs in the first round. Control, <laughs> control of the I board. Control of the board. I get double control. <laughs> Zach, which round? Uh, which? Okay, the categories are... German football. Germany. Ger- let me read the no, categories. No, no, I don't want to hear the categories. Just give me Germany. I know you're going to have Question Germany. three. For the listeners, I want to let them know. Germany, Scotland, Canada, World Cup, Whitecaps, EPL, MLS, Euros, other cities and clubs. So you want to go Germany? It's one, Question two, three. or three.
1: Question three. And you're not playing your Joker in German football. Well, do I have to declare it before I hear the question? Yes. Before I hear the question? Yes. For it's when it's a category going, I'm playing my Joker in this category. He's playing the oh, he's Joker. i playing his Joker. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not... going to get it wrong. i going
2: to get it wrong. And if you go for multiple choice, remember, uh, if you get it right on, it's three points. Multiple choice, the point value goes down to one.
0: but and, Or two with my Joker.
2: Yeah, two, exactly. So the only current player. Who sits in the top 10 goal scorers for the German on, German national team. So only active player that sits in the top 10. Who? He, okay.
0: He's not necessarily playing in Germany?
2: He's for playing for the German national team. The score, uh, Only active player for the German national team that is in the top 10 scoring for the country. I don't know how I can make that any more clear.
0: Are you, are you sure he's under contract right now?
2: Who cares if he's under contract? No, because there's one
0: player with a lot of goals who... The,
2: the only person that showed active on Wikipedia. Let <laughs> me This is Danger Mouse. I know. He's the strongest, he's the quickest, he's the best. You should love this show.
3: Danger Mouse.
1: You're going multiple choice? I've got multiple choices. You're going multiple choice? Yeah. I don't follow German
0: football.
2: But it's a national team, though.
0: Okay. I have my answer.
2: Okay, so put but it down. I also,
0: I also put it in brackets because I don't think this guy... Yeah, okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. so... You guys are not going to give it to me, I'm sure.
2: So, A, Mario Gomez, B, Bastian Schweinsteiger, C, Mesut Ozil, or D, Thomas Muller? Well, I can just say my yeah. answer
1: again. I'm going to go with Thomas Muller.
2: Okay, and Zach, your answer?
0: I want... Uh, I had Thomas Muller as my main brackets one. I said Lucas Podolski.
2: No, it's, well, I'm going to go with Lucas Podolski because that's not in brackets. You can't put two answers in.
0: Is it Thomas Muller? It is Thomas Muller.
1: Oh, yes. And he played this Joker. Uh, Michael gets two points. Okay, I will pick
2: Scottish football. Scottish football. I knew that was going to happen. That's why I put him right back to back.
1: And I'm not playing my Joker.
2: And so the, you can pick one, two, or three?
1: Uh, one.
2: One, okay. So what was the last year? where a Scottish Cup final featured only Scots in the roles of players, managers, and officials. This is a Batman animated theme song. You can't Google it. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. You got your answers? Or are you going multiple yeah, choice? Yeah, I've got my answer. I got my answer. Oh,
0: oh, I should go multiple
1: choice. You can if you okay. want. No, no, of course. Okay. Okay. So your guys' answers are? I've gone for 1985.
2: Okay, and Zach, I went 1989. Both you guys are wrong. It is 1987. Saint Mirren. Saint Mirren defeating Dundee United. What? Well, Sorry, what year? 87?
0: 87. 87. Disappointing. Okay, I, I'm going to challenge your other question because you said the only active player who ha- is in the top ten.
2: Can we do go with the challenges later?
1: Because
2: because Lucas
0: Pedosi has 49 goals for Germany and Thomas Muller is 37, but he's not active.
1: Lucas, yes, he is. So going wrong, Steve. Well, yeah. I know. He's, okay, he's, well, he's active.
2: Well, I'll, I'll I'll look at it after. We'll we'll look at it during the break because right now we don't have time. We don't want to be here till four. Yes. Okay. But, uh, but, so my, but my answer was we, right. We will adjust qu- answers if we need to, questions, uh, point values.
0: Um, uh, so, oh, my turn. Yes. S- uh, I like to go with um, what's it called? Cities and clubs or cities and towns? And uh, I will play my Joker in oh, this okay, round. Nice nice choice. So, That's a good one. one, two,
2: or three? Uh, three. FK Partisan. <sighs> This is
1: congratulations. Uh,
2: this is uh, <laughs> Star Blazers, oh. or also Battleship Yamamoto.
1: An but I'm really going to get the Lucas Pinoski bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lose my two points, and I don't know how it's going to work. Okay, I've got answers. I've gone with yep. Belgrade. Yep, Belgrade.
2: Yeah, both of you guys are right. So we'll go six points, Michael, Zach, three, and obviously that other two points will be up for grabs. Mm. So the, I'm gonna throw those throw that two points out right now. Right now it's six to three. Okay, and we'll figure that out afterwards. Okay, Michael, what uh, thing do you want to go with? A category? Uh MLS. One, two, or three. One. One. Okay. Who won the inaugural MLS Cup in
0: 1996? Done. You don't need music. Oh. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing?
2: So this is a club, right? Team? Yeah, team. team. Yeah. Well, who won the inaugural MLS Cup?
1: Okay. This is a mask, by the way. I've got an answer. You know this. I don't. I've just guessed. No. Yeah. I didn't you're going to get you're Remember, get it right. I was not here. You're going like, to get it right. I've gone with DC United. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah both of you guys are right. Wow. Points are going crazy today.
1: I was pretty sure it was, but... I went to my first MLS game in 1997. I'll go. Is Canada still there, Steve?
2: Yes, Canada is still there. Question three from Canada. Canada. Let me roll it up.
1: I'm just going to write down Haiti as the answer. <laughs>
0: that was so unfortunate. I cannot believe that happened. Mm. I can't believe either of those last two matches.
1: That's a whole other show. We'll be debating what on earth went wrong with that one. Golden, uh, boot, winner, Golden boot winner.
2: Golden Boot winner. Okay, so yeah. Canada. Here we go. One, two, or three. I said three. Three. After Christine Sinclair, who has the mo- uh, Who has? Who's second for most all-time assists for the Canadian national team? Oh, assists! Where's assists. Shoot. Super friends, by the way.
0: Are you a multiple choice or are you an answer? No, I've written an answer. Okay, I've written an answer too. Okay. I'm probably wrong on this. I I will be wrong in this.
3: So.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, who had picked the category? Oh, I did.
1: I uh, said
2: Diana Matheson. I said you? Diana Matheson. And both of you guys are wrong. Oh, I it's that... actually Rianne Wilkinson. Oh, well, that was oh, I thought about her.
1: Oh, my Riri. Yeah. My Riri. Oh, Miss Riri. <laughs> so, uh,
2: Michael, your turn.
1: Whitecaps.
2: What caps
1: white okay caps.
2: let me get there okay 1 2 or 3
1: 1, one. i'm sticking with my one
3: okay. the white caps i'm number get, 1 team this is going to get this
2: is going to get a little wordy so i i wrote this ages ago in the middle of the night so <laughs> <Three laughs> o'clock finish were well, you at work or i uh, don't no i home <laughs> which former white cap player was one of the five english players that were dribbled past by maradona for what was voted as Greatest goal in World Cup history. Easy. So, this is Transformers, by the way. It's so hard to get a good quality one on this one. I just have a
4: guess.
0: I've got an answer. You know the answer? I'm pretty confident. I just don't know if this guy was in the squad then. Mm. More than meets the eye. Way better than the movies.
2: The cartoons. So, uh, Michael. I went for Peter Beardsley, man. And Zach. I
0: also went for Peter Beardsley. Both you guys are right. (laughs) Okay,
2: shoot. Okay, next uh, category, uh, Zachy. Uh, I'll
0: go Euro. One, two, or three? Three.
2: How many teams participated in the first tournament in 1960? Oh, shoot. For my original idea was to play this
1: before the G. MLS G. question.
2: G. I
4: have
1: two G. answers G. in my head and Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the first one I thought of. You go multiple choice too. No no. I'm not sure about this one. Okay.
2: Ready to go?
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh. Zach. I think I'm too low. I went eight. Okay. I went eight. <laughs> no, it was twelve. Twelve? No, it was 16. actually
2: four. Only four teams in 1960. And who won that one? Was it Russia? I can't tell you. I didn't write that down. Oh. <laughs> I, I I did research. I knew all this stuff when I thought we were going to do this, this before zero? Christmas.
0: 1960. I can't remember. Hmm. Good, uh, good well, answer. You weren't born then, to be fair. Good answer, Michael. You were though,
1: right? Yeah. Were you? That was uh, eight at the time, I think. No. Of course I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I was joking for a (laughs) second.
2: So uh, I think, Michael, you're picking. You got, oh yeah, World Cup, EPL, other. World Cup. World Cup. Okay, here we go. Yeah, one, two, or three. One. One. Constantly going with the one. Okay, so here we go. Getting this stare from Zach to try and put me off. Which country, Scotland, (laughs) has finished in the top four the most without winning the World Cup? Oh,
0: no, I mean, never won ever.
3: No. La, 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 this is Banana
2: Splits. I so don't know if you got that. La that. La, oh, I love this. I love it too. La, 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 I can sing the whole. This theme. was the, this wasn't '80s, but I watched it in the '80s. As we put it in.
1: I have a seven-inch punk single by the Dickies
3: of this. So
1: you guys got I saw, I- No, I'm
3: sorry. Oh, oh, you're sorry. I, sorry.
0: I think I think you got this one right.
4: Okay.
1: You go multiple choice, too. Oh, I know. Okay, I'm
0: changing my answer. You'll get on multiple choice.
1: Yeah, I'm changing my answer. I've written it down. Okay. Oh, I think I know where you switched it to. I picked my... My, Michael, go ahead. I've gone with Holland. Oh.
0: I went with Holland. Oh, both you guys are right. Yeah. Who did you have before? Belgium. Oh,
2: yeah, I know. Holland finished five times in the top four without winning the title. Good for them.
1: I was working my (laughs) way through World Cup finals. That's what was taking me so long. Oh, yeah. So,
2: Zach, you got um, EPL or other? I'll go with other. One, two, three. Three, man. Three. Okay. Who has the most combined South American championships and uh, like combination South American championships and Copa America? Wait, what? Like, it was called South America Championship before, and then it called Copa America after. So, who has the most combined? Oh, right. Okay. This is a great show.
0: It was. It was really for adults. This show. What show is it? Muppet Babies. Oh yeah.
1: Do you remember McDonald's made the toys
0: for this? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I've got this thing nagging in my head of what I think the answer is. It can't be helpful with the Muppet Babies in the background. (laughs) Oh, do I keep this or do I change? I'm going to keep this, but I'm pretty sure it's the other one.
3: Okay.
2: Okay, so, uh, Zach, you picked the question.
1: I said Argentina. I did as well, but I think it's Uruguay.
2: It is Uruguay. with yeah. 15.
3: Ah!
2: That's a costly Sorry. one. Okay, and last one is EPL. Michael, you get to pick one, two, or three? Um, three. three. Oh, wow, we're going away from the one. Yeah. Let me just roll it up here, and you can edit this all so out. Oh, so
0: <laughs> You notice that when, when we say you can edit this out, he doesn't always edit
1: <laughs> Okay. I haven't. He never listens to this show. Oh, that's right. Which, <laughs> he, he thinks he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all the editing goes in.
2: Uh, which goalkeeper holds the longest run without conceding a goal during the 2008 2009 season so this is all time but he did in 2008 2009 so i narrowed it down for you guys but like anywhere in the world
3: no, no EPL. epl oh sorry <laughs> I, I thought we were on other no you picked uh, it the
2: category
4: than the jungle, the hero
1: i can't remember the bloke's name so i've written a different person do you guys want another song no no no, no. Uh, extra ones no no <laughs> What did you say? Uh, I've written David Seaman, but it's not. It's the other Arsenal guy whose name I can't
0: oh, remember. Oh, is it Jens Lehmann?
1: Yeah, that was who it is.
0: Shoot, I put I put Peter Cech. Ugh. Who is it? Is it Jens Lehmann?
2: No, it's both of you guys are wrong. It's Ed- Edward and Van Dessau.
0: Oh, I was thinking about him.
1: At United. So,
2: 1,311 minutes. Good for, for 14 him. games. Good so, for So,
1: what's the point total after that then, Steve? <laughs> well, at this point... No, no, no.
2: You have a th- nineteen to twelve, but we have to figure out what's going on with the other things. So we will give a update after the break. What do you mean after the break? Go! I'm on
1: Wikipedia right now. Okay. Lucas Podolski is actively playing for a club called. Let's just take a break. World. Get to Robo. Let people get to bed. <laughs> just agree that I've won. No, no, and no. then we move on. I get six points. You go minus two. I obviously won. <laughs> Not right. What do you mean? Because Podolski then wasn't in the multiple choice answers. Oh, touche. But we'll be back with more after this.
4: Mr. Pharmacist, can you help me out today? In your usual lovely way, Mr. Pharmacist, I insist, give me some, I'm never sick, Mr. Pharmacist. Dear Pharmacist, won't you please? Some energy.
1: Mr. Pharmacist. Mr. Pharmacist. The fall there with Mr. Pharmacist. I hope you enjoyed the break there. We spent it arguing about the, the first question <laughs> in, in the trivia, but discussing. We've taken it to VAR. <laughs> they said it's not something that they're able to review, so we can't review it. We have to take how it played out. It's unfortunate. Zach's claiming offside I, I'd say it was fine It was yeah. more than offside Away from this nonsense now <laughs> we're, we're going back to, to talking about what we all love We're going back to some Whitecaps chat And part two of our sit down with Carl Robinson And there's some, some interesting stuff in this So let's hear now From Robbo Looking at MLS this season, it's definitely changed the last couple of years. You've got Seattle and Toronto with the big money spenders. Now Atlanta's doing record-breaking transfers to bring in 18-year-olds. Looking at the West, you've got the two LA teams now that are competing against each other to be the best in LA and seemingly doing a lot of things right. Can you compete with these teams with the, the budget that you've got? Or is it always going to be a case of like you're overachieving?
6: Well, it's gone crazy. Uh, you said there, the boy Barker coming in for 15 million at 70%. You know, who, if, if I would have come into the league 10 years ago and David Beckham come in at four or five million a year and you would have said that was going to happen, eh, I would have laughed. Um, but that's the reality. That's what's happening. Atlanta, have obviously, got their model uh, and they're going that way and they're spending huge amounts of money on, on young South American players, So, uh, which is great you know you want to see good players that's that's what the game is about how do you excite fans if you're a defensive team how do you excite fans it's exciting players on the field so um, that's great for major league soccer you know is it going to be tough for us yeah without a doubt it'll be tough for us it's always tough for us and, but you've got to enjoy the challenge you've got to enjoy coming to work every day and we do that I do that and we do that you've got to enjoy playing against the LA Galaxies the FCs, the Portland Timbers you've got to do it you know you can't sit back and, and complain You got to just deal with it and understand it and enjoy it and embrace it. And I said, my group of players give me absolutely everything. And sometimes people say, I look after them too much. Well, yeah, because that's my job. My job is to look after my group of players that I put demands on for 300 days a year and ask them to go out and represent me and represent the football club every every Saturday. So I'll always protect them. Uh, If they're not doing it, hey, I won't protect them. But if they are doing it, they're giving me their all, which is all I ask them. I can't fault them, uh, but we're competitive. We said, hard to play against, um, difficult to beat. Good on certain aspects of the game, which we were last year. We know that. We need to improve in the other aspects that I mentioned there, conceding goals. Can we can we improve areas of five percent? That'll be my challenge next year. Because can we get five percent more crosses into the box for Kite? Can we get five percent more goals? Can we reduce our goals against five percent? Can we can we play more five percent? Can we be harder? So can we be better at winning the ball back by 5%? Can we be fitter by 5%? Can we get healthier by 5%? And that's my challenge I put from top to bottom of the football club. Let's let's try and improve every area uh, from top to bottom. And if we do, let's down to the players because the players will perform or not perform.
1: I was speaking to someone from Central America and he finds it weird that you bring in so much Latino talent, but it's an, a UK coaching staff. Yeah do the two like the, the, folk are brought up very differently in, yeah. in both countries and they learn the game differently and they've got different skills does the two styles mesh do you
6: feel or is, is like is football football for me football is football um, do the two styles mesh well people will say well surely you'll bring in British based players and I said I think one of my first decisions I had when um, was moving Kenny Miller who, who's a close friend of mine because Kenny wanted to go back to Rangers, his boyhood club, uh, they offered him a great deal. Uh, I didn't want to stand in his way, so Kenny went. Nigel Coca was the second one, British boy, midfield player. So um, sometimes I don't really care where you're from. And, you know, the players in Europe, in England especially, earn a lot of money. Uh, and then you're asking them to come to Major League Soccer, which is a growing league, you know, the Lampards, the Gerrards, the Robbie Keens, they come when they were, you know, the top end of the 30s and come for, you know, huge sums of money. So then you're taking a risk on a on a younger player who's probably not got much experience or been loaned down to the lower leagues and in League 1 and League 2. Or, or do you go and get someone like from South America, like uh, Christian Techera, who's played 60, 70 competitive games? In, in the top division in Uruguay, uh, who you know is desperate to try and put himself in the in the shop window in the, on the football ladder, who wants to learn, and and that's the reason why I go shopping down South America, because they're born and bred football, yeah, like they are in the UK, but they probably don't get what the European base players get. Um, and the important thing to me at this football club is that you have hunger and a desire to come to work every day, and if you don't have that... Then I'm banging my head against a brick wall and wasting my time. So that's the reason why I go down there is because, and I get to know the players from down there, and there's, there's some really good players um, with great morals and great values in, in their life off the field as well as on the field.
1: Now, I guess one of the members of your technical team that not many folk know about is he's a name that's kind of gone around and folk know he's involved, but John Park. How big a role does he have with the club? Uh, like he's head of scouting, is that right? Yeah,
6: yeah. JP helps us. JP um, John Park helps us. Um, you know, he, he's been at Celtic for a number of years, and I know John for years and years. Uh, he, he left Celtic under the current regime, yeah, um, and maybe t- eighteen months ago. Uh, and he was out, and he was he watches so many games, he knows so many people, and based upon that, we are obviously looking at how we do our scouting and trying to find avenues that might be able to make us, we, we take advantage of, you know, we, we, we've been very lucky in the South Central American market, but the European market, we've got to, you know, try and get our feet on the ground. He is he is open and things like that. So when JP told me that he left Celtic, you know, we had a conversation. Uh, I told him about the project we do here, what we've got here. Um, and it was something that interested him too. He, he didn't have an idea about how MLS worked and um, what were the rules. So I explained to him last year when he came come over at the Combine uh, and draft, and uh, we speak every day about players, good, bad, and indifferent. Uh, he watches players for me, uh, and he's my sounding board, because w- when push comes to shove and you've got to sign a player, uh, you go with people that you know and trust, um, but you've got to make a decision. So if i got a group of four or five coaches, and they all say yes and no, two and two, and then I've got the final vote, so... When I have a, a person outside of it, like John Park, uh, I can say to Parky, Parky, listen, is he good enough to play for me? Is he good enough to start my team? Is he a good squad player? Uh, and based upon him not being around every day and knows what my team is like, he can say yes or no. Uh, and that plays a huge factor of someone who's just on the outside looking in rather than being on the inside. And yeah. sometimes decisions get made for certain reasons. So I didn't want to let his experience go Um pass you know and I, and I know that he's probably got a number of options in the UK and things like that because with Scotland as well the national team but uh, it was just about our relationship and, and he wanted a new challenge so we've got him on board with us he helps me significantly um, you know but it's a longer term project would you JP.
1: Did he have any input in Effie coming here because obviously he would have had him at Yeah he,
6: he knew Effie obviously he knew Effie very well for when he went to Celtic seven eight years ago yeah um, he was the one that pushed, uh, I think it might have been Neil Lennon at the time, to sign him uh, because he was the major player in the recruitment side of, of Celtic. So he knew Effie. Obviously, Effie was on a, a lot of money at Monterey. And um, I flew down to watch uh, Monterey and Tigres for, for two different players uh, in November. And obviously, I knew Effie through JP and, and we got talking. I got to know him and got to know his family and everything I... Heard about him and knew about him from John was exactly right. I love being around him. I love spending time with him. He talked football, loved football, uh, asked questions, um, told me about himself, background. And when I when it came to it and we were able to try and negotiate a deal, I said to to JP, "Would you sign him?" And one hundred percent. So you know that's good enough for me. He's a top player. We know that. I think in the two days we've been here, he's a leader. You yeah. can see what he's about he's uh, he's a people person I think everyone around the city will love him everyone within the club loves him the players do uh, but he's here to play you know he, if he if he plays poorly I'm sure that everyone won't love him uh, because you need to play well that's what people the players are paid to do and uh, but he certainly sets a really good example for for all the players uh, especially as I've We've gone a lot younger this year uh, with the senior players that we've moved on. Um, So it's important you get good characters and good senior players within that little mix and blend. WFC2, the demise of it,
1: disappointed me. I just thought it was a good pathway. There's such a hoopla made about having the the thing here and they could see up the the pathway and they could see the corridor and that's where they would be going. Then it gets taken away. And I know you didn't use the team a lot last year, but should a football club not have a team like that? Maybe even up to PDL level like Portland do. Yeah. So you've got all these pieces in place.
6: Yeah, listen, obviously it's, it's disappointing. We know that. Uh, I think from, from from the club perspective, you know, we, we, we evaluated it and we looked at it. And, you know, it was it was used to the advantage last year. You know, I think in the, the last game of the season, I think there was a 4-4 draw or a 3-4 4-3 loss 4-3 loss yeah. and I remember sitting in the stand and we you know there was some really good football being played and we were 3-1 up with 20 minutes to go and yeah, I said then I one, arrived
1: and then they let three go well, I said to <laughs> one of my
6: staff I said because they're a young group of players I think every player was under 21 or 22 I said I've got a feeling this is going to end in a draw or defeat and I was right uh, but those games are there for that to happen you know that's, that's how they learn so the decision was made um, to partner with Fresno obviously we uh, with Frank, who's in charge of Fresno, and um, we evaluated, the club evaluated it and spoke at length about it, and the decision was made. So, you know, we, we have a working relationship with them. We're going to be sending certain boys down there. We understand that certain players will decide against that pathway, uh, and that's, you know, that that's fine. You know, every player has to make their own decisions, but, you know, we look at it just for this year. You know, who knows what's going to happen next year? We don't know. Um, but last year was a good... Uh, learning tool for us as a club players got games you know there was a lot of in different performances they were getting valuable games so the guys going down there now and um, that we're sending down uh, we'll get good coaching with Adam obviously uh, Robbie Robbie Earnshaw is going to go down there as well I don't know ah. if that's maybe that's not official yet um, to help as an assistant which will be the link between between us and them um, so the regular reports we'll have from our players and Ernie coaching them with Adam and, and another assistant and um, so the link will be there. Obviously it's it's uh, you know it is what it is. So we'll make the best of it, but it is still an important pathway for us because Terran Campbell, you know, I think he grew in the last 2 months of yeah. the season and you're thinking right now the kid's ready to kick on and you know do you keep him here and not play? many games or not have many minutes or do you allow him to go down into that environment in Fresno where it's a little bit different it's not going to be probably the comforts that they had here um, he's going to have to earn his spot he's going to have to fight his spot with seasoned professionals um, which it means winning and losing you know they got families so they need to get their win bonuses appearance bonuses uh, and I, th- I generally believe it will do him the world of good because if, if he continues growing over the next year like he did in the last two months of the season. He'll be back here in six months or twelve months, and he'll be competing on my roster. I generally believe that, so we'll we'll use it as a as a positive rather than a negative, um, and hopefully one or two of them boys can push through.
1: When you were a player, it was very different. Social media wasn't a thing. Yeah. Nowadays, everything that you do, it's it's scrutinised so much, but everything's leaked as well, or negotiations yeah. are leaked, and agents like yeah. we get folk, agents contact us, and they've got an agenda and. You might have had some stuff with that over the off-season and things here, but how difficult is it for you as a manager having to deal in this environment?
6: Listen, it's very difficult. I said it's, there's always, um, first of all, there's always, there's always a reason why something happens. You know, whether you make a decision, good, bad or indifferent, there's always a reason for it. Uh, a lot of people on the outside don't understand what goes on on the inside. Um, as I said to you, every decision that I make is for the benefit of, of the team no individual for the team and the football club and agents you know I would say I probably have about 20 agents a day calling me about players players that I know players who want a change of environment in the UK South American players because they see the influx of South American, and South American talent that's coming in from, from there um, agents from Costa Rica that they know I like the Ticos and the Costa Ricans so they're able to try and place their players uh, agents who want to make money on players that they have probably never ever seen before. Um, so it's difficult, and it's finding, um, it's working with the guys that you know and the guys you trust, and you, the guys you know that will try and help you. Because what we can't afford to do, I can't afford to do, is I can't afford to sign a player that's wrong. And some work out, and some don't. But when we're when we're spending money, and every team will be the same, it's important you get it right. Um, so that's why the people who you trust, the value their opinions. You know, on views on players, character references. You know, if there's so many red flags and the agent's asking for this and the agent's asking for that and you've got your, your head of recruitment and your analyst saying, no, don't sign, I'd be silly to sign players. So it's very difficult and it's it's uh, it's a full-time job. Yeah. It's not easy.
1: You were busier in the transfer market this off-season than previous seasons. There's been so many additions in, in February and yep. in past seasons. Was that a deliberate ploy to, or did you just need to get the guys that you wanted now before someone else did? Yeah,
6: um, I think I wanted to get my business done early. I, I evaluated the squad the season last year as soon as the, the season was over. Um, in between watching the, the final, the Western Conference final, I, I got away straight away. I, I knew what areas I wanted and what players' characteristics I was looking for. And i targeted them six months earlier. So once the season was done I got on a plane and I went down I went to see Effie obviously we conversations then started about Kai um, we were still talking to a number of players um, about whether they would they would come back or not and there was others that I was waiting on like AJ who you know who decided to retire in the end of the day so some of them was a waiting game others I wanted to get a step ahead and uh, and we done our business quickly which was very important so You know, we're not going into preseason camp with 14, 15 players. We've got a good group of 18 players. I still want to try and add one or two more if I can. Uh, That might mean someone going out. Um, But if it's for the benefit of the group, uh, then that certainly will happen. Um, But I said I'm delighted that we've got our players in now from day one. You know, the four, five, six players with the draft boys that have come in, Justin and Lucas, who have been a breath of fresh air uh, and hungry, which fits into what our mantra is about. Um, yeah, it's good. So it means less work for me uh, at this current moment before the the season gets going. Um, but it's it's about the work I've done. We, me, the coaches and JP, uh, I've done behind the scenes prior to to November December. You, you kind of
1: mentioned you might have some targets that will come in the yeah. summer. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's two DPs just now. Yeah. Depends if Breck hangs around, you might be down to one. Matty looks like he's joining an, an Argentine club today, according to some reports that's coming out yeah I think it's a studio yeah do you hope to add DPs or is that not that important yeah no
6: we're we're looking to add players you said it's obviously we're in a cap world we know that and we're trying to uh, juggle things around uh, but sometimes you have to make sacrifices to get gains and as I said you know I looked at the roster at the end of last season I could have kept the same roster but I didn't for a number of reasons Uh, I want energy and freshness in the group. That's the important thing. And yet the average age comes down, I know that. And the experience comes down and people will say, well, you haven't got enough leaders. And it's finding the balance of doing that. So, you know, we've got uh, flexibility and availability to do one or two more things, uh, which I want to do. I don't want to just stockpile. You know, every player that I have in my group of, of players, I want to be able to play a role this season because we will get injuries. We will get suspensions. I'll have players going away with internationals for long periods. And there'll be loss of form as well. So it's and we've got the travel. So it's important that I have a full squad um, that I'm able to count on because you know the successful teams I believe in this league over periods of time have, have built, good squ- built good squads, you know, strong squads. And the reason why we're successful, especially you know, three times we're in the playoffs at like the last four years, is because we've had good squads and we've had Nico Mosquito push in. Jordi Rayner and we've had Alfonso Davis and Brett Shea fighting out and we've had Eric Cotard, who's desperate to play, pushing Freddie Montero and getting five or six goals. Without that, we're not as successful as we are. And I don't want and I won't ever go away from that. Um, my job, hardest job, is probably managing the group of 23, 24 mm-hmm. players. And but I have to do it, and I enjoy doing it, um, with me being open and honest to them. But giving them carrots as well, giving them chances. And I, one thing I can't do with players is take the chances. I can give them chances, and I will give them chances if they deserve the chances. And then that's how you keep your squad happy.
1: Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. I know you're so busy just now. And good luck this season. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. The gaffer there, Carl Robinson, chatting to us about all things Whitecaps FC, and I'm pretty sure some of the stuff that he said there is not what some of the fans wanted to hear. They do want a big name signing to come in. They yeah. do want the 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 club to splash cash or at least spend up all their time and gam. Which of course we never know if they are spending or not. No idea. But I mean, it, by the signs of it, asked Robbo about a DP coming in fudged around it a little bit, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be any big name guy coming in. As we've talked about before, which was something that Zach kind of didn't think would have to be the case, but I genuinely think it is that for us to bring anyone in, people have to move on. You have to get a salary like Brexhae off the book if you want to bring in another big name guy. Which
0: is, I mean, it's a little bit ridiculous, right? The top earning DP last year who was on loan is gone. That salary is off, is off the books. Uh, Matthias Laba, our one of our other DPS from last year, is off the is off the books. Yep. Breck Shea at six. Well, last year six, seven, whatever it was. He's on the books. Last year, Kai Kamara, who's a DP at whatever eight, nine, whatever he's at.
1: You kind of have to expect they're going to be due. They're
3: an going to be going, going well. up. But yeah. still,
0: t- again, we're at a the, things are at a place where there's two TAM level players by contract. Yeah. TAM level players. And no true DP. And then, and currently, not even using all three DP spots. And there's $2.8 million of discretionary TAM that they voted for, that the owners voted for, that they are not fully using. They, well, there's no but way... do
1: you know they're not fully using it? I think we all suspect that they're not,
0: but... I
1: suspect that they're not, based on
0: what they've done. Yeah. There's
2: still time, though, because, I mean... They could be be saving it for the summer. Well, yeah, They could be
1: saving it for... um, Robo has his targets, and he talked about he was watching two Mexican players when he went down and and he picked up Juarez. Now, if you're you're sending a player from Mexico, it's it's not going to be a guy that's starting for one of the teams down there because they're not going to pay a transfer fee. It's got to be a guy that's out of favour. Juarez, for example, did not start the last three games of the season. So you've got things like that, which... Maybe folk don't recognise as well that they're they're not going to to spend transfer fees. They're not going to go out and and do what Atlanta's doing. But even minnesota's rumoured to be spending four million on a transfer fee and bringing someone in. The the most most expensive
0: transfer fee that we're aware of was Octavio Rivera three million. Correct? Yeah, and we
1: saw how that worked out. Right. That was a, that was a risk. It didn't work out. Yeah. At least Blondell, who is in a lot of similar mould, is not that big a risk. So, right. I mean, is it, that. What was it 1.5-ish? I genuinely can live with not having DPs if the team performs. But that's what it all boils down to. The team has to perform. Otherwise, the Knives will be out fairly early. Oh, I, I, I don't think they can live without... I, I don't think
0: you can live without DPs with the... And the,
1: the way the league is just now. But ultimately, they are just battling to get into the top six. As high up as possible would be great. Right now, I'll take sixth place all day. I think we used
0: the illustration before. It's like they're fighting with one... Like they've left the, the, the manager fighting with one arm behind his back. And it In seems like it seems like the same, but even it's,
1: it seems like it's getting worse. I, I genuinely feel Robo's the right guy for the job. When you look at the budget constraints and what he does with it, and I don't know folk will say, oh, you're kind of fawning a bit, saying do you not get the recognition that you that you deserve and stuff. I genuinely don't think he does get the recognition he deserves because what he did with that team last year, with the money that was spent compared to what other teams were spending, it was great. And it's not what the fans want. It's not what, well, it's not what a a minority of the fans want. A lot of the folk that go to BC plays don't care. They just want to go for an entertaining day out. They're not into how much money's being spent. If the team wins and they've, they've enjoyed the game, that's kind of what they care about. And you have to remember we are the vocal people, the folk that are on our Twitter feeds, they're the, the vocal people, but they are also the minority of a 22,000 fan base in the stadium. So it's balancing that up. Last thing for this section, then but we'll wrap this up. I mean, you've got your finger on the pulse of the fan base, obviously with curva and stuff, or at least your section of the fan base. Do you feel that the Knives will be out for Robo right from the start. If they don't get a good march under their belt, folk are going to be calling for his head.
2: Uh, be, oh, be, before you answer, based on social media, it seems like it's already out. Yeah. It's like the people are unfairly like criticizing him right off the bat, even
0: the, the signings
1: that he brings in. You yeah. have to see what this team can do. Yeah, I know. It, uh, yeah, what, what, what's the mood, light and no,
0: curve? Uh, is it optimistic for this season? No, there, there's a mix. But yeah, there, there's. I think being the year, there's always some optimism. But yeah, there are people who just haven't enjoyed the
1: approach. So, I, I get, I get that. It isn't the most exciting to see, and I, I like when we were off recording. I had said I explained to him that he it's coined the phrase "robo ball." Was he aware that that was a phrase that was used? And we just talked about his defensive style and how I I find the Seattle game boring, but at the same time I thought nil nil in that first leg was a, a good result. Yeah. But, but it is balanced and it's finding that. Fine lines, as Carol
0: loves to say. Yeah, the, pro- the problem is the accountability is only with the coach. It's not with other people. Yeah. Your favourite friend, Bobo, You know, there's very little to no accountability there, it feels like. Uh, there, or there's v- zero transparency with
1: the accountability there. We should get you to sit down with him. Anyway, we'll be back with more chat after this. Rocking records, rocking records. Rock the record. Rocking records. The guys rock records. Thankfully no one comes on the air after us. So we're gonna be here till breakfast with the Browns at six AM. So he's gonna get the new trivia question.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. oh yeah. So uh again, yeah, what let's happened get was back to the trivia. What's the most, most important <laughs> part of the show? Really, really quickly, what happened was I I didn't word it properly. I meant active with the German national team. Um Zach took it another way, Michael took it another way. That's fine. We will I have a bonus question for just Germany. This will be worth six. Right now, it's 15 to 12. I need to go get my
1: thing. I put it all away.
2: Okay. It's 15 to 12, the score right now. Uh, This will be worth six points to Zach because you did use the Joker card. And it'll be worth um, oops, three <laughs> three points to Michael. So Or, uh, one, or one. No, three.
0: Or one. If you I, I, it's be, it's
2: a, yeah, or yeah, one. Yeah. Or I basically one. have to get this first Well, it time. could be worth two for you if you go multiple choice, too. Right. But that would be so what's the score? You. 15 to
0: 12. For Michael?
2: Yes. Okay. So, question is Miroslav Klose leads Germany with 16 World Cup goals. Who sits in second place for Germany/West slash Germany?
0: Done.
1: I'm done as well. <laughs> Literally, oh, yeah. I'm done. Okay. It's Gerd Müller. And here, Rudy Völler. Yeah, it's Gerd Müller. Yeah.
0: So he, uh Gerd uh, Muller, man. I thought for sure you had that.
1: Zach he said wins West Germany. I thought that was the the clue, but I couldn't think of anyone.
2: So, uh, well, I think Gerd Muller played probably West Germany too. I think it was in the seventies or sixties or something like that. Uh, I just 70s. be thankful well, 60, I 70s. didn't get that right. So but... Zach Zach wins eighteen fifteen. Yeah. Just be thankful I did not get that right. So a tie-breaker. <laughs>
1: But it's now time for it. Well it's okay because as I edit the podcast I'm still going to win. I'm going to leave the first <laughs> question and I'm cutting this bit out Anyway, now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you In partnership with bcsoccerweb.com Your one stop site for local, national and international News, articles and links Make it part of your daily routine Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve?
2: Okay, so we're going to try to truncate this uh, episode of Soccer Headlines. So first story from MLS or U.S. Soccer. Galati accused of leveraging his FIFA power to withhold U.S. player compensation. Zach, this is a pretty big story. Um, uh, they were talking about how him and Peter Montopoli are going, heading over to uh, Europe right now to talk about the World Cup, and he's been accused of this. He's basically trying to stop smaller clubs in America from getting compensation for young players.
0: Yeah, this is this is an atrocious and despicable practice. We've yeah. talked about it in the past yeah. before how this is like the lifeblood of, fo- of football in the rest of the world. Yeah, I know. I know how it works in Europe. Yeah, very this is well. how small clubs yeah. thrive. It's-
1: like East Fife. Really? Well, if we don't sell players, right, we don't have money coming you in. you sell young players a lot? We, we sold a guy to Tottenham. Oh, there you go. But it's
0: not even that. It's more, it's, yeah, these solidarity payments. You guys for, sell
2: children, don't you?
0: <laughs> we do. These solidarity payments for clubs that have developed players when they're young are yeah. like the lifeblood of the lower levels of football. And the fact that Galati, the USSF, MLS have uh, tried to stop this uh, is is shameful.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, shameful is a way better word than ridiculous. It's and, and, a practice that uh, it, like clubs need to be rewarded. And the, the, there's too many people wanting to, to be at the top of the pie. We need more fingers in the pie.
2: Yeah. Okay, uh, next uh, story. Um, on Wednesday broke that uh, Beckham is planning on unveiling the M- Miami MLS team on Monday. Basically, with all basically where the stadium is going to be, what's going to look like, the uniform and everything like that is going to be out there. Your guys' yeah. thoughts on that?
1: I I just do not feel that Miami deserves uh, an MLS team. But then I didn't think that Nashville deserves one either. So there we go. Uh,
2: just breaking this weekend, um, NWSL, um, Boston Breakers, uh, one of the older teams in the NWSL, um, are ceasing operations and will not compete this year. And they're going to have a dispersal draft. It was uh, mentioned today, on Tuesday. A couple of Canadian players, um, Ashley Chapman and Adrienne Leon are on I that mean, team. It
1: doesn't feel like a stable league. And no, the, they're going to be down to nine teams yeah, basically this the, year. There was murmurs as well that Boston's been behind in payments to the league for, for a bit of time now. So it makes sense that at some point it has to come to a head. just disappointing it comes so close to the start of a, a season But you do have to wonder about the stability of the league and folk want the White Cats to put a women's team in or some team in Canada to be in it. I just don't think it's financially viable. And if you you can't plow money into WFC2 to help your primary goal, which is the men's first team, I just don't see how you can justify putting money into a league that you then might be losing more on. How
2: how much how much look, put a percentage on it? The people that come to the women's national games, right, and say in Vancouver, Toronto, what percentage of those people need to show up to the games? Uh, what do you think will make it viable? I, do I'd you say think you, that,
1: you need crowds of eight to ten thousand to make it but, viable?
2: But do you think there's like twenty to 20, 27,000 people sometimes for those women's national yeah. games? They should be able to garner that if the people I, want to support women's no. soccer. It's amazing to me that they can't. Like the women that want, like, that feel that like they can, they want a women's team that they're not able to support it. There's enough people here that can support it if they wanted to actually support it and not just talk about it.
0: I think if if there are those who want an NWL team in Van, in Vancouver, that they will do a lot of research and figure out if it is if it is viable, and then they'll proceed accordingly.
1: Yeah, I mean the rumors are it's still on the cards for the Caps in 2019, so. We'll see what happens.
2: So some uh, weekend uh, breaking news uh, on some players in the MLS. Uh, Orlando City and Becht- Besiktas uh, finally agree on a transfer fee for Laren. Didn't they? Weren't
0: there hopes that they were going to get like $10 million for him? Yeah.
2: That was a couple of years ago, I think, when he uh, when he first came out. I don't know if that was the amount that they expected.
0: And
1: again... The,
2: They're basing that on Altidore, what Altidore got to them. Folk
1: right. will turn around and say, see, this shows you how good the MLS option deals are. But again,
3: it's it because been tested, no yeah.
1: one... Is- really that confident to test it on either side so yeah folk I, will pay a token figure both sides will claim that they've won ultimately Besiktas has won they've got a 10 million value player they, oh well, 10
2: million whose value at ten?
1: well in modern day football it's like he is probably worth about that i don't know but when you see that. what when you see what Whoa, the european yeah. clubs pay, yeah. what did liverpool pay for that defender though. 70
0: million yeah. 90 million what was it yeah yeah Kyle Laren's yeah, worth but, 10 million. Yeah, I, I, well, you're gonna you're gonna get to the jean yves Blue Tabla story in a minute. Yeah, yeah. look at his buyout clause.
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh, buyout clause is easy to put in there <laughs> for people that want to just. Yeah, well, see f- Freddie's
1: it. Freddie's got a uh, 60 million one at Sporting. Yeah. So uh,
2: there you go. Uh, Lee Win um, breaks silence. It reiterates his desire to leave the Revs. guy Has gets...
1: yeah. he reported for training yet? I missed
0: that. I don't no. think he has. He still
2: hasn't reported. Nope. Okay.
1: No not that I, not that I last saw as opposed to Justin Miram, who has reported to Columbus training
2: out. okay so there was a report from Toronto FC uh that they got their replacement for Steven Betishore it's <laughs> i'm assuming that's what they're looking at it's uh, Gregory Van hmm. uh um, Vanderweil yeah uh dutch uh, national team also on in FIFA 15 after <laughs> about 2 3 years he really rose up like he was 87 or something like that I, so it was really good
1: I I always wanted us to sign a van der player cuz co- we can do the darts chant of van der van der van der great chant you guys need like you current guys need to get more uk chants
2: <laughs> well, considering you picked EPL, you never will never pick an EPL category. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, so for Canadian news, in, uh, early this week Morocco launches, finally launches its 2026 World Cup campaign and logo. Mm. Um, they have also said that they will not um, exploit Trump
1: um, in their bid. They don't need to. He's doing it do- himself. He's doing
2: it yeah. himself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what, what did you guys think of what they unveiled? I-
1: See, everyone's going to think it's a done deal. I I really don't think it is. I I do feel... I, I read a thing that they said Morocco's kind of in a a sweet spot as well, time zone-wise. Whereas over here, you'd be looking at in three different time zones, which would kind of work, but... I don't know. It, it's it's tough to say, but I think Morocco's going to put up a bigger fight than people are thinking.
0: Yeah, it's sounding like that. mm which is
1: sad. I really want the men's. World I know. Cup again. I, did, I thought it was a done deal. I, I thought, oh, I'll be here till that, and I'll go back to Scotland. For my yeah, I was. Pension.
2: I was at ninety-five, five percent, uh, ninety-five for North America. Five. I've dropped it down to about eighty twenty.
1: Mm, even even though it is so close to all these <laughs> other places. No,
2: it's in the eastern <laughs> <laughs> hemisphere. It's in the Eastern Hemisphere. This will be the third straight World Cup in the Eastern Hemisphere.
1: <laughs> That's just a, a callback to one of our, our extra episodes.
2: I was,
0: I was going to
1: say something like that. No, I better...
2: I, I can't
3: help you guys. Or, you guys have no idea of geography. Oh, oh, we're never going to
1: end this show, are we? Anyway, what, what else caught your eye this week, Steve? I love, I love you, Steve.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll just wait till you guys calm down. I, I'm fine. Right. I'm sorry. Soccer executive Paul Byrne named president of Canadian Soccer Yeah, not, not a big surprise. But do they need a president and a commissioner?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, cause it's North America.
2: Uh, congratulations to Canadian Soccer captain Christine Sinclair, who is now in the order of Canada.
0: Respect. Yeah.
2: And then finally, the big story for Canadian soccer players. Um, balutabla mm. signed on with Barcelona B officially. Yes. That's what they call it. But a lot of players that are playing on Barcelona started off at Barcelona B.
1: Undisclosed fee.
0: Yeah. Never How looked, is it never undisclosed like that. now that uh, now that MLS is supposed to be transparent with all their... <laughs> and, yeah. but, and
2: the thing is, I think uh, Montreal will keep 100% of the... Or yeah, because it's the
0: new rules
1: now. Yeah, homegrown realm? player. Oh, because he's homegrown, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he he is homegrown because he was with them initially for a couple of seasons and he left and he came back. Right. But it's great for him. He is a talent. It's going to have everyone wondering what what we might get for for Fonzie if he goes as well. But the burning question in all this is, is this going to be the end of Tabla for Canada? Can we kiss goodbye to that once he's over in Europe? I'm thinking Ivory
2: Coast didn't qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Yeah. Now, Which is helpful. Yes, it does help there because he can't be capped for that. Mm. Um, he's in Europe now. Maybe that was the reason why he, wa- he wanted to see how he could get there first. Maybe he does change his mind and stay with Canada, but uh, it's the, up in the air. The next
1: test will be when it's it the, d- the… African the, Cup like, of Nations. Yeah, if he does well in the next African Nations Cup. Here's the thing. When, you have, up that,
0: when you have DDA Drogba as a teammate… That's have, hard. And he's talking in your ear yeah. and just saying, hey, man you you can you can you, you would do yeah. something similar to what i've done you can help help our nation yeah yeah
2: like you know it's our, that that's the, we don't have an, a DDA Drogba no. that can speak in this year for anything yeah. like that if
0: if if you have one ear, you have dda Drogba, and in the other year hopefully you have john herdman well you had octavio zambrano can we reach this year <laughs> you had octavio zambrano who got fired because he was
2: the one that was trying to talk to him into it but it seemed like even in his comments he was resigned to that
0: it wasn't gonna happen.
1: Yeah. Basically, Canada need to test it by calling him up for a competitive game.
2: Oh, the they have no
0: that's the thing though. They'll call him. Yeah. And will if he says no, they're not gonna say, Oh, we called him and he didn't come. Yeah. They're not, they're but they ha- I think that. they have called him for
1: under well, under yeah, 20s half, and unders, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, and he turned that down. But we'll see what happens. But I mean, that aside, good luck to him. Yeah. He has a talent. And just gives Montreal all this more money and they are building a pretty good roster this year already. So, And they're very big on their homegrowns. They're putting a lot of weight into their... their they got a lot of Canadians on the yeah. team. Anyway. So that is nearly it for this episode of the show. Even the door has had enough and it's closing on us. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, just before we go, we're going to finish with our wavelength section. We mentioned we're going to play some fall songs throughout the show, so we've done that. So for wavelength, we're going back to a song we've already played in Wavelength by the fall. This is Kicker Conspiracy. Kicker, Kid
4: kick Conspiracy, Kicker, Kid kick Conspiracy, Jay Hells, Tanny Blink, as Slickers! King of Team, Kicker, Kid kick Conspiracy. The FA Broods, a oh, half-flare can be punished. And then guests of a euro magnets Magnates, oh, co and uh, you, uh, let's kick off, kick conspiracy, kick off, kick conspiracy, kick off, kick conspiracy. K conspiracy, kick up! K Conspiracy, kick up! K conspiracy, kick up! The club unit. Plastic slime partitions. Cocktail zigzag tudor bar. Pat McCat. Pat McCat, the very famous sports reporter, is talking there. you are abroad. Remember, the police are off. Remember, they are not Remember, my expense account. Hot dogs I seek for Mr. Hog. Hot dogs I seek for Mr. Hog. And his gruddy spawn. I live brochures for ground. Percy, kick off! Kick us, Percy! Kick off! Kick us, Percy!
1: The fall there and Kicker Conspiracy, our tribute to the late great Marquis Smith. We don't usually do doubles on, on wavelength, but had to make a special exception for this week. I know you guys don't like it. My wife's had to listen to it in the car all week and she hates them, so
2: I don't I don't hate them, but they're just not my cup no. of tea.
1: His vocal style is very unique, as was the way he managed his band. I saw him two nights running yeah. and the first night He stormed off mid-gig and the guitarist had to finish the gig as the lead vocals. The next night, he played a completely different set and was joking with the audience. He was just that kind of guy. Anyway, just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online.
2: You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and maybe in the side of a ditch if I'm sleepy and fall asleep (laughs) all the way
1: home. That would be sad if you are, and then folk are listening to this on Monday and you're already dead. I didn't say I was dead, I just saw you in the ditch. I oh,
2: might be okay. sleeping.
1: I, I have you dead. We'll have a tribute to Steve next week.
0: Dig all <laughs> no, my, my I'll, music. I'll follow you and make sure you're okay. I gotta stop for gas, by the way. Okay, I'll follow you, make sure you're all right. Where
2: can we find you, Zach?
0: <laughs> Not in a ditch. No, uh, on Twitter,
1: it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the movement
0: Curva Collective.
1: I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers AFTN.ca some of the best preseason coverage around even if I do seem so myself. And we've got a lot more interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. Give us a follow as well on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Both the White Cat's Beat Reporter for mlssoccer.com, so read all my stuff in that. But until next week, thanks for listening. Take care and on the caps.